At Urban Farm Podcast, we are all about education, and April is Foliar Feeding Month. Have you heard of it? It is a super simple application of spraying liquid organic fertilizer on your trees and garden plants. The leaves, branches, and trunks are incredible at absorbing nutrients. And if your soil isn't great or your pH is off, foliar feeding is a quick and long-lasting fix to get your plants the nutrients they need. Want to learn more? Join us for our free online webinar on how to apply this amazing process to your gardens and fruit trees. Visit urbanfarm.org to sign up. That's urbanfarm.org. Greetings, urban farmers, gardeners, and healthy food visionaries. Farmer Greg here, and welcome to the 360th episode of the Urban Farm Podcast, where every day we work together to educate and inspire you to become part of your food revolution. Hey, Urban Farm Podcast listeners, we want to know what you think about our podcast. You've been listening to me for almost three years now, and I want to hear from you. I have some very specific questions, including what you like about our podcast and where we should be going next. The important part is, I really want your opinion. I'm looking to connect with 50 listeners from no more than 10 minutes who are willing to share your thoughts. It's simple to sign up. Go to urbanfarm.org and look at the top menu. Sign up there. I look forward to chatting. In nature, we don't find closed loop systems. We find circular systems where energy and resources are part of a loop, repeating itself endlessly and sustaining those systems. Growing food should be a circular system too, and aquaponics is a perfect example. Aquaponics uses natural cycles where fish feed plants and plants feed fish. Let us teach you how to start your own fish-powered garden in a few easy steps. Just text GROWFISH to 33444 or visit IWANTTOGROWFISH.COM and you'll receive our free webinar on how to grow your own fish-powered garden. Today on our podcast, we have someone who builds the local food system through community markets. We're talking with Sarah Matlin about selling at farmer's markets. A native to the Phoenix area, Sarah is passionate about building community and supporting local businesses. Every Saturday, you can find her running the downtown Phoenix Public Market, managed through Community Food Connections, a nonprofit organization. This open-air market is open rain or shine year-round. When she's not busy coordinating vendors or taking farm tours, she's hiking outdoors and exploring the small towns of the Southwest. Welcome to the show today, Sarah. Are you ready to rock the farmer's market? Absolutely. Excellent. So I shared a bit about you. Can you fill in the blanks for us and share more about the path you took to get where you're at today? Sure. Well, I definitely did not imagine that there was even really that role out there of being a farmer's market manager. As you mentioned, I'm from Phoenix, and I absolutely love the Southwest. I had gone away for school. I traveled a bit. And of course, I came home to Phoenix. And I just really began working with small businesses and really helping small businesses build their brand and find different platforms. And I found myself working for some local chefs. I was also working with Aaron Chamberlain. So the chef who has the cafe at the Phoenix Public Market. Oh, yes. I was working hand in hand with the market manager at the time, and she was moving on and the role at the market was changing into a full time position. And it just kind of clicked that that really was in line with what my passions were and what I had been already working on. It just kind of opened up and I went for it. So here I am. Nice. So you stumbled into it. In a way, yeah. Sweet. So 
What does your week look like running a farmer's market? It's busy. A lot of people always are like, oh, you work during the week. It's not just Saturdays. There's a lot that goes on behind closed doors, the operations of the market. So I'm lucky enough to be the only full-time employee for our organization under Community Food Connections. So behind the scenes, I'm running all of the operations, permitting, communications. It's definitely coordinating with a lot of different people from talking to our vendors about what's going to be coming up this Saturday to coordinating next season's events and programs with all of our workshop partners and community players to getting the word out and talking to our local community about the market and making sure people know what's happening and getting them out to shop. It's a lot of communication, which is actually what I studied in school, and it really fits right into what I do behind the scenes. Sweet. Can you tell us about the history of the Phoenix Public Market? Because it's been there a while. Yeah. So I came on with the market only three years ago, but the market has a long-standing path in downtown Phoenix. So about 15 years ago, it was a vision of a very passionate and wonderful woman, Cindy Gentry. And she worked very hard with other community advocates and players to really get a market going in downtown Phoenix. She saw the need to create a platform for farmers to bring their produce and for the urban community to have access to fresh produce. So in 2005, they hosted their first markets and it was actually the first two markets were rainy and we only had about a dozen vendors. But here we are 13 years later with nearly 100 vendors each week. So we've definitely seen that growth throughout the last 13 years of the market. Wow. Over a hundred vendors. Yeah. That's a pretty serious market. It is. It's pretty exciting. So what can people expect on Saturday mornings at the market? Saturday mornings, people can come out, their families, bring their dogs, meet friends, come solo. It's really a community event where people can come out and not only can they shop fresh foods, everything from fresh produce that really is traveling. Most of the produce at our market travels less than 50 miles to get to us. Fresh bread, pantry items like jams, pickles, all sorts of delicious locally made food. And then you can also enjoy dining. So coming out for brunch, breakfast, lunch and eating hot prepared foods, different foods such as Argentinian empanadas to burritos. Of course, you can't forget all of our artisan vendors. So coming out and seeing locally made wares, finding artisan crafted teas and different things like that. Our market definitely hosts a range of businesses, but we definitely do focus on food. So people can really plan to come out and enjoy some local shopping and some local dining. And this particular market is unique in that it is in the parking lot of a really cool restaurant. Yeah. So as I mentioned earlier, Aaron Chamberlain, Chef Chamberlain, he owns the cafe at Phoenix Public Market. So it is a restaurant that is on our property at the Phoenix Public Market. And so we share this beautiful space and his chefs are wonderful. They come out, they use our farmer's produce, especially the time that I was working with him. We just have a really nice working relationship. It's great to have such a strong community partner right there with us who really has the same goals and missions in mind. Sweet. And I know Aaron, Aaron, I've been trying for a couple of years to get him on the podcast, but he is so busy opening cool restaurants. He's very busy, yeah. So... If I'm a backyard farmer growing food, how can I get a booth at the market and how can I sell my stuff at your market? And that's pretty standard through most farmers markets, right? The, the way that system works? I would imagine for the most part, yeah. All right, cool. So what I'm really curious about is how does 
someone go about selling their wares at a farmer's market? It's got to be pretty straightforward. And if I have extra, you know, citrus during the part of the year, is, is there a way to get that marketed? So how do I plug into a farmer's market and how do I plug into your farmer's market? For businesses who are looking to join our market, really, it's a pretty straightforward process going on our website, finding our application, all the details are on there. And that's really how to get the ball rolling on that. As I mentioned, we really look for food, local food products. We're really trying to support our local food system. So that's always a perk. And then of course, the biggest thing for us is local product. You know, if you have a dish or product that you're making, we love to see that you're using local ingredients in those products. Now for farmers, there's a few different options. Obviously, a farmer's market is all about the farmers. And we really try and support a wide range of farmers. So some of our growers grow on thousands and thousands of acres all over the state. And some of our growers are growing in their front and backyards and coming out every Saturday and bringing their excess produce. So we really love to support that range of growers, especially being in the heart of downtown. We really want to encourage more and more urban agriculturalists to really get serious and get involved about growing food for our community. And the way that we can support them is by giving that platform for them to sell that extra produce. So we have a few options. Growers who think that they can support food space each week are welcome to apply. And as I said, we always look out for those people. That's what our market's all about. And then also growers who might just have an excess, even citrus trees in the winter, or maybe just some extra produce from time to time. We work with a wonderful group, Community Exchange Table. And Community Exchange Table is a cooperative table for small growers who might not be able to run a booth weekly, but do want to be able to sell at a farmer's market. And so that's another great option for local growers. I've seen that community booth. It looks like a great resource. It really is. Yeah, especially for those of us that maybe three times a year have a little bit of excess. Exactly. One of the things that I noticed when I was in college and running a booth at a farmer's market was that if I wasn't there every week, it significantly impacted my sales. So can you speak to consistently being there if you're going to have a booth at a market? Absolutely. Most of our vendors are extremely dedicated and they are there week after week. And that's really what it takes at a farmer's market. As consumers on the opposite side, we can understand you know, we plan our grocery list. We think about what we want to enjoy for brunch, what gets us out to the market. So we show up and we really want to be able to find those items and shop them. Now, from time to time, we understand people, you know, have things come up, get sick, can't make it. But for the most part, our vendors are really consistent and are there every week. And like you said, that really attributes to their success and able, you know, their ability to build clients who come to them week after week to really be sharing their product and to be dependable so people know that they can come out and they can shop those things because really being a shopper at the market, it is definitely something that becomes part of someone's routine and our market does provide groceries. And so we want people to be able to come out and find those items that they need in order to cook at home. So definitely being consistent and being able to provide that for people and people can depend on you and your product. That's definitely a huge part of it. As I said, when I was in college in 2002, 2003, I was farming my front and backyard and hitting the farmer's market. When I missed a week, it significantly impacted my sales. Absolutely. Yeah. If you are thinking about selling at a farmer's market, it's an application process. And then what does it cost? So 
our market has an annual fee for the year. So it's almost like a membership that is $96. So it comes out to $8 a month. And then we go off of 10% of daily sales. So whatever you make, you pay at the end of the market. That works well for new businesses starting out. It might be the first time that they're ever selling their tortillas at a market or a jar of peanut butter at a market to businesses who are longstanding and you know, know how much product to bring each week and know what to expect. It really supports a whole range of businesses. Cool. And I just want to point out the community booth again, because this is such an incredibly cool idea. If you, you know, have a few things here and there, there's a process to apply with them to sell your stuff, correct? Absolutely. And like you were saying too, that idea of being consistent, not everybody can stay consistent or dedicate every single Saturday. A lot of people at our market, you know, they also are working full-time jobs during the week. So the community table is really great because you can bring them your product and then they can be there all day running the booth and selling it. So community exchange table is really definitely a wonderful resource at the market for growers who are just beginning or don't have that full commitment yet to really be getting into a market and selling their produce. Right. And do you happen, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Do you happen to know their website so we can send people there to check out the model? You know, I always send people to Facebook. I know if you just search community exchange table on Facebook, they'll come right up in their contact information. So I know that is a really easy place to find them. So if you're in the Phoenix metropolitan area and want to plug into the community exchange table, go to Facebook. If you want to know what their model is for your area, go check out their Facebook page. And maybe, you know, if you don't have one in your area, start one. Tell everybody how well they do, because it seems like they are rocking it every time I look at the table. Yeah, community exchange table is definitely always busy. They really bring a lot of wonderful local products. So things that people maybe aren't as familiar as seeing, like prickly pear fruit and cactus barrel fruit and all sorts of different really native plants and fruits and things like that. So they always have some really great diverse products there that are kind of exciting. And it's always nice to be able, the great thing about the market at any booth that you might find yourself at is that you can actually talk to the producer, the grower, you know, you can find out how would you cook this? How would you store this? How long should this last? So those things are always really exciting to be able to have that engagement with your producer and to actually be able to talk to that person. So that's exciting at the community exchange table and at all of the booths at the Phoenix public market. Beautiful. So you've been there for three years and this market has a 15 year history. What are the impacts of shopping at your local farmer's market? What are you seeing out in the community? What difference is it making? The impact of the Phoenix public market has been tremendous to see. Even before I was working for the market and with the market, I was shopping. This is my community market. So I live in the neighborhood and I've been shopping there for years. And just to be able to have a place where you can actually go buy local products, where you can see the food chain, you understand that this jam was made from berries that that farmer had last you know, season. That connection is so important to understand what you're consuming, what you're buying, and then where your dollars are going. We get to choose as consumers how we spend our dollars. And that is a huge power that we have. And so to be able to spend that locally is so valuable. That money stays in our community. These are people's livelihoods, their businesses. These are our neighbors. This is our community. And so we actually have that choice to support 
support it, to support our local growers, rather than going to Safeway or other stores that are bringing produce in from all over the country, the world, we can actually buy produce that has been grown in our neighborhoods. And that is the true value of shopping at a market that is just so important. It's really that power and impact that we can have as individuals. Wow, you're not passionate about that, are you? (laughs) Not at all. (laughs) We could hear the passion in your voice. That was epic. (laughs) Well, it's true. You know, that value is there and it's important that we make those decisions. I so agree with that. So I'm going to shift on you and I'd like for you to talk about a time you failed, how you overcame that failure and what you learned from it. Sure. You know, I think that a failure of mine was coming into this role, managing the Phoenix public market and thinking that I had a greater understanding than I truly did of our local food systems and the issues that were plaguing our local farmers. I think that I thought they were more straightforward and that they were the same for all of our growers, you know, issues with water or different things that I thought I understood. And I quickly learned that the issues and the problems and the challenges are so much greater than I could even understand. So much more diverse than I realized. And it's been such a treasure to be working at the Phoenix Public Market and to be working with all of the growers. We have over 10 local growers and to just see how diverse it is to be growing in the desert and each individual challenge that our growers face and their passion and their hard work that keeps them doing this, even though it is so tough. And to see new and young growers who, even knowing the challenges, are ready to take it on right here in the desert and in our community. So it's been a huge learning curve already, and I'm excited to see how much more I can learn in this role. I'm just constantly trying to educate myself and talk to the people around me and go out for farm tours. And I've always been working with small businesses and understanding more the marketing side and the community building and all of that. And so it's definitely been a tremendous learning curve to start to really even dive into and understand what is going on in our community in terms of food systems and our local agriculture. You mentioned challenges. What are the challenges of running a farmer's market? Challenges for running a farmer's market, I would say definitely, I'm always trying to build our community. So we have such a strong, wonderful community in Phoenix who comes out and supports the market and has been supporting the market, like I said, for over a decade. But there's so many more people in Phoenix who don't come out to the market and who aren't in touch with that importance and value that you know that I am so passionate about when it comes to choosing to shop, eat, and really be in your local community. And so that's a huge challenge. Always wanting to get the word out. Sometimes I'm amazed when I'm talking to, you know, somebody that I meet in the downtown community that doesn't even know that there's a farmer's market. That always kills me. So of course, luckily, I'm a huge advocate for the market. So I quickly let them know what's going on and, you know, encourage them to come out. But just that connection, really trying to reach people and help to share information about how important for people to come out and support all of these wonderful local growers and businesses. So what do you consider your biggest success? I would definitely look at the growth that I've already been able to help support at the market over the last three years. It's been huge to see not only the sales growth, but just the 
morale and the community that we have at the market. Of course, that has been building for a long time. So I'm not taking all of that credit by any means, but it's definitely exciting to see how my efforts and the efforts of just having a full-time manager in this position at the Phoenix Public Market and being able to dedicate so many hours outside of Saturdays to doing all of this work that's just so important and a lot of this educational components and community building and this small business support. There's so much there. There's so much more that I want to bring and want to do. And it's just exciting to see what I've already been able to accomplish and just to see where we can take that. Well, Congratulations, because I've watched the market since it began. You know, it is thriving these days. And, you know, while there was a lot of people that came before you, the sheer fact that you're running it the way that you're running it is being successful because of that. So congratulations. Well, thank you. You bet. So what drives you? People in community, absolutely. My community, our community. I love people. I love all different people. I love people of all shapes, sizes, and everything. I just love that that's my job. I get to work with so many different people from so many different backgrounds, and I get to learn so much from every person. I get to see and experience hundreds of different businesses that are right here in our local community, and everybody brings something different to the table. Sometimes it's juggling different personalities and that kind of thing. But I absolutely just love people. And so that definitely drives me. It drives me in my work. It drives me in my past jobs and just also in my personal life. I absolutely love people. And so that's why I'm extremely passionate about what I do. And I absolutely enjoy the work that I get to do at the Phoenix Public Market. Sweet. So if you could recommend one book for our listeners, what would it be and why? Definitely a book that I recommend right and left is actually the Flavor Bible. And it is a wonderful tool to have in your house and in your kitchen, especially when we're talking about shopping at a local farmer's market, like the Phoenix Public Market. We're constantly working and shopping and eating seasonally. We have to think about ways to cook seasonal foods that aren't just the same stir fries over and over or the same salad. So the Flavor Bible is something that I use all the time to just really help drive forward to think of different flavor combinations, things that I've never tried, and just really diversify how I eat seasonally. So that is a book that I definitely recommend to everybody to have in their kitchen on their shelf if they don't already have it. The Flavor Bible. Yes. I wouldn't have guessed that they... <laughs> But I guess I could. It makes perfect sense. And I, and my other question for you was going to be, you mean there's more flavors than what I have in my head? <laughs> I personally am a vegetarian and I have the vegetarian flavor Bible. And really, I use it every single week to just get inspired about, okay, radishes are in season. What else can I do with radishes than what I've been doing? It's the different combinations, things that I would have never thought of. So it's a really fun book, especially when we're talking about eating seasonally and shopping at the Phoenix Public Market. It's the perfect tool. Sounds tasty to me. So what one final piece of advice do you have for our listeners? Shop local. Think local. Definitely, even at our market, we're really driving to make sure that our farmers are bringing local produce, that our vendors are using local products in their products. We are really trying to educate our consumers on 
what that means and what they're seeing and what they're shopping and what they're eating, even at your local farmer's market. You know, it's important to ask questions and to really understand what you're buying and what you're choosing. And so I know at the market, at the Phoenix Public Market, we've been developing these badges for different vendors who do use locally sourced ingredients, badges to highlight our growers and who is organic and things like that, just to help consumers to make those decisions easier, even when they're at the market. But understanding that value of shopping local and what it means to spend an extra dollar on something because you're actually getting more value for your product. So really just shopping local and all of that and how it really supports our community. It's just so important. Oh, big time. Yes. Well, thank you so much for joining us on the show today, Sarah. Thank you so much for having me. I always love to talk to you. Well, thanks. So how can our listeners get a hold of you? Absolutely. Well, they can definitely find us every Saturday in the heart of downtown Phoenix at the Phoenix Public Market. So that's Central Avenue and Pierce Street. And then they can also find any details about us. They can find out how to apply to our market. They can see who our current vendors are on our website, which is phxpublicmarket.com. They can definitely follow us on social media. So they can find us at PHX Public Market on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Beautiful. You can find show notes from today's podcast at urbanfarm.org forward slash PHX Public Market. We are your urban farming resource. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Also, visit urbanfarm.org to find articles, podcasts, webinars, courses, and more. Well, that's it for today. Thanks for joining us on the Urban Farm Podcast. Hey, Urban Farm Podcast listeners, we want to know what you think about our podcast. You've been listening to me for almost three years now, and I want to hear from you. I have some very specific questions, including what you like about our podcast and where we should be going next. The important part is, I really want your opinion. I'm looking to connect with 50 listeners from no more than 10 minutes who are willing to share your thoughts. It's simple to sign up. Go to urbanfarm.org and look at the top menu. Sign up there. I look forward to chatting. Do you want to save money at the grocery store? Eat more organic whole foods? Cultivate food security and feel more connected to the earth? If so, then growing your own food is a no-brainer. You wouldn't believe how many people come to me claiming that they can't grow their own food. They think they don't have enough space, that they're too busy, or that they simply don't have what it takes. Perhaps you've fallen for one of these gardening myths. If you think you can't grow food, or if you think the only food you have access to is what you buy at the grocery store, I have a life-changing webinar that you need to see. It's free and will help you unearth your inner gardener. I've helped thousands of people just like you learn to grow their own food. And I'm speaking from my own experience when I say that with the right knowledge in place, there is no such thing as a brown thumb. With this free webinar, you can begin making your garden dreams come true and start growing delicious, nutritious food for your family. Just text GARDEN to 44222 or go to IWANTTOGARDEN.com and you will receive our free webinar about the seven key factors you need to know to grow your own food. Remember that's GARDEN to 44222 or IWANTTOGARDEN.com. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Urban Farm Podcast. Remember to listen for tips, advice, and resources to help you on your journey with urban farming. You can find us on the web at urbanfarm.org or send us an email to podcast at urbanfarm.org. 
In the words of Vincent Van Gogh, great things are done by a series of small things brought together. Be encouraged that with each lesson learned and skill developed, you are one step closer in the direction of your dreams. One of the first things that many of us learn when we start to garden is how to water and fertilize the soil. But there is an exception to this rule and it's called foliar feeding. You should foliar feed or water the leaves of your plant with liquid fertilizer when you want certain nutrients to be absorbed better. Not only are the leaves great at uptaking liquid fertilizer, if your soil isn't very good or your pH is off, foliar feeding can help your veggies and fruit trees quickly get the nutrients they need to thrive. If you're ready to start foliar feeding for maximum growth yields and quality, head on over to urbanfarm.org forward slash feed the leaves to see our selection of foliar feeding products. That's urbanfarm.org forward slash feed the leaves.